Welcome to Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. I'm Carter Baum, and coming up on today's episode, Colby Cohen and I are joined by Jason Ross Jr., who made history in early January as the first black TV play-by-play broadcaster in team history, and he is set to be on the radio call this Friday for the team's Black History Month game spotlight as the Blackhawks take on the Devils at the United Center. Learn more about Jason and his path to becoming a TV play-by-play voice coming up right now on Blackhawks Insider, presented by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chef dealers. It's all about the drive. Hey, Blackhawk fans, your local Chevy dealers have an opportunity for you to score big. ChevyDriveChicago.com is giving you the chance to win an autographed Patrick Kane Chicago Blackhawks jersey. That's right, an 88 jersey signed by 88 himself. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to enter to win right now. You can't win if you don't enter. Offer ends February 28th. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Drive at ChevyDriveChicago.com. Back comes their top line once again. Marcia saw a follow-up shot by White Cloud. Flurry with a beautiful pad save. Another save made by Flurry. Hawks come away unscathed. Jujar Kara with Jake McCabe. Kara scores! Welcome to Blackhawks Insider. Back with you once again, Carter Baum, Colby Cohen, and we're pleased to be joined this week by uh, a guy who made some history oh, about six weeks ago, a little over six weeks ago, sitting next to you, Colby. Uh, Jason Ross Jr. joining us this week. We're mixing it up, not talking to a player uh, on the on the week, but looking ahead to, of course, this Friday is the team's Black History Month uh, celebration night at the United Center. Jason Ross, you made history in early January. You were the first black play-by-play broadcaster, TVT, or, bleh, TV play-by-play broadcaster, I can't talk this morning, um, in franchise history in early January. You've done several games on NBC Sports Chicago since then. You're going to be in the radio booth uh, this weekend coming up. Uh, first off, thanks for joining uh, me and Colby today. I know Colby's already been ribbing you a little bit on a the side, bit. getting you ready for the yeah. show, but <laughs> we'll take it a little easier on you here. But uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, no, thank you, Carter. Thank you, Colby. I appreciate being here. I love the podcast. And yeah, it's been an awesome honor to be able to experience the things that you just mentioned there doing the game in Las Vegas with Colby it was a blast that was the most unforgettable day of my life Colby I still have to get you to sign the puck from that day because I have it up on my bookshelf right now so have to make that happen I have the credential just that entire day start to finish from arriving in Vegas until the end of the game ended up winning that one Mark andre Fleury's return to Vegas um, the energy of that atmosphere, as Colby remembers, it was just awesome. I remember they were telling us how loud it was going to be, and it lived up to the hype. And then just, uh, I think, being a part of an organization that celebrates black history and uh, to put me in that position, I have told people this, but I didn't know that fact until Colby showed me on Twitter. I think it was about midway through the first period, and um, it really didn't soak in until after the game. I started getting messages from people, younger broadcasters and saying that you know, it was really neat to see that and inspiring for them. So that was pretty surreal to soak in. But uh, yeah, just that entire day start to finish. And then 
Uh, I think from the moment I arrived here in Chicago, it just felt like I'd become a part of the family. We were just talking to some of our awesome PR staff there, uh, Will, Kaylee, and just everyone around here is so cool. Meeting you guys has been great, learning from people in the business that have experience, like Colby and different people I've met at the Hawks. Uh, it's been great, really, from start to now. I've enjoyed every minute of it, loving it. Well, and I've just been so impressed, Jason, with, you know, you first came here without much of a plan. You know, there was no guarantees for you. Um, obviously, you are have this great relationship with Jenna Rose, uh, who also works for the team, and we'll get into that a little bit. But, you know, you come here, you know, just looking to learn as much as you can, coming to the practices every day, coming to the press box, almost like, who is this guy? And I see you around Who's, the office more often, more than uh, I, people like full-time employees yeah, sometimes. It's like, who, who is this guy who just is here asking three million questions per second? Um, no exaggeration. Yeah, I love and, my questions. You know, I think it, uh, there's usually a normal point when Jason and I are doing a game together where I look at him and I say, all right, <laughs> this is your last question of the night. Make it a good one because uh, after this one, you don't get any more. <laughs> but, you know, just seeing how you've come in here and basically forced your way onto the air. And I don't say that in a in a bad way. It's an impressive mm -hmm. way. Like these are the stories you read about and you see about the kid who maybe didn't make the team and like said, let me just come to practice and then work their way up or the walk on in college that, you know, turns into being a scholarship player based on their work ethic. And and I mean, man, I, I we're standing there before the Vegas game and I'm looking at you and I'm saying, how many hockey games have you done in your life? And you started fumbling and you didn't want to you didn't want to tell me how many he's done in his life. And I finally looked at him and I said, it's this is a this is a very easy thing. There's just a number. Give me the number. How many have you done? And he told me the number. It wasn't many. And then all of a sudden, the lights went on and you couldn't, you know, you got so dialed in. And, and in Vegas, it's so loud that it's hard to hear your earpiece yeah. and hear the producer because of the noise in that building. Um, and I just looked at you and I was smiling as you were working through the open because I was just like so proud to see you who was so excited to be there and soaking it all in. And, you know, the minute that light went on, you were just like, you know, big time. I mean, you were, you were, you were a showman and, you know, did you, did you suck all that in? Like, did you really? Cause I remember saying to you, whatever happens here, yeah. make sure you enjoy this. Make right. sure you take this all in because you're never going to get your first again. This is your first. Yeah, I that means a lot to me, Colby. First off, I appreciate that. And I think, yeah, from the moment that light turned on, my mentality early on in the day was it was Saturday night. It was Vegas. Let's have fun. And I think that mentality of having fun, it sounds simple, but that really helped me out. And you made me feel really comfortable early on and I think we got into a really nice rhythm and it was just a blast the well was it when I was through. fixing your collar well, was yeah. it I fixing your jacket <laughs> this which is, point this is happened did a couple you, of okay, times yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah well you were kind of like the big brother in the booth which I think I needed there and that helped calm me down and then once we got rolling uh we just didn't look back it was a ton of fun from start to finish and gosh I've been trying to journal more about these moments lately and just kind of look back on them and I was doing that recently for the Vegas game and just smiling the entire time at everything that happened um, from the moment of arriving there 
being on the road was really cool because, as you know, we get to kind of see the guys behind the scenes. And uh, we went on the road trip last week through St. Louis, Edmonton, and Winnipeg and starting to meet people. And uh, I was listening to the episode that Colby did last week, interview with Dylan Strom, and just kind of realizing that, as Colby mentioned on that on that episode, these guys are people too, and they have lives behind the scenes. Dylan Strom has a, a super cute dog and a house he was looking for just outside of Toronto. So just kind of learning those little tidbits are, are really neat, and then telling that stuff on the broadcast is a lot of fun. So from just meeting everyone, Derek King, uh, we, I think we saw him at Morning Skate that day, and he heard it was my first game and said uh, his advice was just don't screw it up. And that was just hey, no pressure. Right? Don't screw you it up. You know that's the same advice he gives to the young players right. when they yeah. come in. <laughs> and, you know, look, I can attest because I've been on the road with you that you really are what you say. And you are soaking it all in. And, like, you're always smiling. And you're – it's – it's it's fun to watch you see these things for the first time yeah. I think because I think you know as somebody who li- who 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 started living this a long time ago mm-hmm. it's sort of you start taking for granted staying you know being treated the way we're treated uh, in our travels you you start to take it for granted but so we did the game together in Vegas uh-huh. and then fast forward a couple of weeks we're in Edmonton yep um the Edmonton show you know vegas you you didn't make me i wasn't nervous about you in in vegas i felt your confidence you definitely had a swagger about you in that game and you know those first game that first game adrenaline you could go through a wall whether you're so now we're in, in edmonton and we find out we have a 12 minute open oh yeah because there's multiple anthems it's hockey night in canada just for everybody listening normally when we're at home our open of our show is about two and a half to three minutes max. So 12 minutes doesn't sound like a lot in TV time. It is a literal eternity. Think of just trying to talk to yourself for 12 minutes and like keep the conversation going and look presentable doing it. It's challenging. So Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, leading up to that Edmonton game, you were seemed a little uneasy. You didn't seem as like, confident and you were you know you were struggling with your jacket and i so i finally i took the mic from you uh-huh. i put the headset on you i said we're not going to use he- mics it's too much distraction he's having a hard time with his earpiece we we couldn't get it we couldn't get it firing for you but you looked a little bit nervous to me uh leading up to that show and 90 seconds before that show i made you take everything off yeah. i told you you got to take five deep breaths because we're about to go on live. And once that light comes on, it's showtime. Like, mm-hmm. we got to forget about everything that was uh, annoying or not working or whatever. And we got to go. Yeah. So my question here for you is, is how nervous were you for that game? Was I reading that situation right? Were you floundering a little pregame? Like, feeling maybe the second game jitters as much? I mean, t- t- tell us about it. I think maybe what you pointed out there, maybe the second game jitters a little bit. And then... As you mentioned, that we had some challenges beforehand that we were able to work out, and we, like you mentioned, we kind of had that little convo back and forth between us, so just a few deep breaths, and then I settled in. And you and, were great the minute the light came yeah, on, and uh-huh. you you got us through that twelve minute open like a guy who's done a thousand games in his career, which doesn't surprise me because obviously you're freakishly talented. <laughs> Thank you, Gold. So, but but you know, like I I was 
Yeah. You 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 had me a little on edge. <laughs> well, you were you said you were pretty tired afterwards. Oh, I man. think uh, you played a different role in the booth before the game that people didn't see, and that really helped to again calm me down. And then we had a great show. Um, yeah, that, doing that open was a little different. It was it was fun because we got to incorporate different elements. We brought Jen in with a nice hit, and then uh, came back to us. And um, so that was that was a lot of fun uh, going through that. Our producer, Mitch Kersner, did a nice job of directing us through that. And, All right, we'll edit um, that part out. Just, uh, <laughs> Carter, make a note to edit that part we gotta out. we got to add in a nice comment about Mitch every now and then. But um, yeah, so that was – it was it was fun. And like you mentioned, being – it was national game in Canada, so we had to do the long open. Um, it was definitely an interesting, fun challenge and uh, ended up rolling through that. But it, that was a blast in that one too. Picked up another win. A um, couple of early goals in that one, and it was fun seeing the different arenas. Uh, as I think you said to me and Jenna, you go to Canada, you think of the equivalent of how much the NFL pours into football here. That's what they pour into hockey there, and Rogers Place is beautiful. You're a little high up, but we... A lot. Got, yeah, high. you're a little high I up mean, there. I mean, we're calling that game from the across the yeah, street, basically. Right. I mean, we may be better off sitting and watching it on a monitor sometimes when we're in a place like Edmonton. Yeah. Well, and your record on TV... <laughs> Three so one and zero. I looked it up. You won in Vegas. Oh yeah. You won in Edmonton. Lost in St. Louis, mm-hmm. and then win in Winnipeg. Right. Yep. So you're yep. three and one. There we go. As a as as a Blackhawks broadcaster yeah. on TV. We might need to Pretty get good. this guy in the booth more. I mean, that's more than we could say for my record when I'm uh, in the booth. I was going to save it for later, but you know, the team right now is on a seven-game unbeaten streak at home. We're going to need a little luck for you going yeah. into to Friday to, to break mm-hmm. that. So it's on your shoulders. It doesn't matter what the team does on the ice, Jason. There we go. It's your no responsibility pressure. to pull oh, out the victory shoulders. on Friday. Uh, no, but you talk about that game in Edmonton, and I, I had no idea of what was going on behind the scenes. I wasn't on this trip back home just watching it on – TV and, and covering the game from Chicago, from the fan at home, they had no idea that any of that happened. It sounded like a great broadcast. Like Colby said, it sounded like you'd done a thousand games before. And in a previous lifetime of my own, I had dabbled in a little play-by-play. So I know like the difficulty and what goes on and goes into a role like that. And so I listened to some of that stuff when I'm listening to games, watching games, couldn't tell one little bit that anything happened before the game that you were nervous at all. You sounded 100%. You sound like you did it forever. That's okay. After the open, he's not on camera for a little while. He's got some time to calm down. There we go. No, but it was awesome. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It was uh, was a lot of fun. I think it was something I did the other day when we played Florida. I decided to sit in the truck during the game just kind of see things behind the scenes and what a world that is oh right? man it's it's really is that interesting. your first time doing that it was uh for a hockey game i had never done that in game and um number one i think one of my philosophies on tv is that we're a team and there are a lot of different puzzle pieces that come together to create the product that you were just talking about there carter and you'd have your director you have your producer you have your person running graphics audio a lot of different roles behind the scenes that people don't see and i think that I almost equate it to being an athlete where you practice throughout the week, you prepare, and then when game time rolls around, you hope you can execute and come out with a win. So that was kind of something, seeing that behind the scenes, how everyone goes through that. Um, being on the same page, it's really neat. Something uh, to kind of get into the TV nerdy stuff, like when Colby is talking 
even when he's on talkback with our producer, I can't necessarily hear him. Well, you got to explain to people what's happening. Yeah, yeah. They're, so, they're not know. so Colby presses a button. We have a talkback button on our machines where we can talk to our producer, our director, people in the truck. They can hear us. But and it mutes to mic exactly. on Exactly. So yep. mm -hmm. we have a little box that sits. One box sits in front of the play-by-play -play guy. One box sits in front of the color person. Yep. Um, you know, color analyst. And then there's a spare headset just in case anything goes wrong. You put your headset on after the open, you drop your mic, you put the headset on. It's connected to a broadcast box. The box has two buttons on it. One button is a cough button. So if you have to cough, you press that button. It's a mute it button on your phone. Exactly. It kills your microphone going out live over the air. Now, the second button is called talk back. And that's yeah. what Jason is referring to. This button, when you press it, it kills my mic to the audience and connects me directly to the broadcast truck so I can communicate producer, director, tape team, everything. Hey, so, I want to look at that highlighter. Let's exactly, mark that right. play. Let's so, go back and look at it. That's what Jason's talking about. Sorry, Jason. No, no go you're ahead. good. Yeah. So I think specifically, Edzo was in the booth on Sunday and hearing him talking back to our producer. Well, no one else can hear that. I was hearing that in the truck and then seeing our producer and our director look back through the shots of maybe a previous sequence and then they're picking through that stuff. We might use it. We might not. But say it's the next whistle. Edzo wants a replay that he'll break down. The great Edzo, he's so good at this stuff. And um, seeing him do that, but then seeing the process that went into that kind of has now given me a better kind of, I guess, anticipatory mindset of what might come up when we go to uh, when we go to a, a replay or whatever it may be coming back from commercial. And then I think that just kind of helps me as a broadcaster to see that stuff helps me grow, helps me learn. Uh, that's what I'm always trying to do, just learn in different ways, ask questions. And um, so seeing that was really neat the other day. Well, you, you've gotten a PhD in hockey yeah. this year because <laughs> yeah. you come to practice every single day. You ask 4,000 questions <laughs> every single day. With 4,000 more tomorrow. you know, I'll give you credit because you never ask the same question twice. Ooh, and your, your intuition, once you get a question answered, for your, your ability to pick that up on air and then translate it, you know, you've really come a long way with hockey. Mm -hmm. Um did you ever see yourself in hockey? Like, was this what you thought or were you hoping towards? I mean, I know there's some history with the Red Wings, um, what you were doing before. And that's actually what I'd like to talk about next. I want to talk about Jenna, what you did with the Wings or what you did in Detroit. You're from Detroit. Mm -hmm. Jason went to high school with Alex Debrinket, which Jason didn't even tell me. Alex Debrinket came up to me one day and told me <laughs> that he went to high school with Jason and Jenna. So First off, the hockey stuff. Uh -huh. My my first question. Are you surprised to be sitting here or did, was this something that you had a goal to be involved with hockey or you saw yourself doing? I think I've always loved watching the game and uh, tried to play a little bit, but then realized quickly I probably should have, you know, need to stick to stick to the broadcasting side of things. Uh, but I have always loved watching the game. And then when I we really... know you can't throw a baseball. <laughs> well, I can't. Go. We've seen that the was video. An, that wasn't an accurate representation <laughs> okay, of right, my athletic right, skills. Right, okay. It was uh, that was fake news. But OK, so I think that. I've always, from the moment I started getting into play-by-play, -play, realized that hockey was my favorite sport to call because of, similar to, I think, being on the ice, the adrenaline, the pace, kind of the challenge of trying to slow down a game mentally that is so fast um, is a lot of fun for me. And doing that on TV and radio and I think listening to hockey broadcasters and studying them is something I've always had a passion for doing. Uh, we'll get into this, but in Detroit, I'd always try to go up and meet different broadcasters. Yeah, so and, let's let's talk yeah. about this. Like. 
give us your story mm-hmm. because you know I don't want to I don't want to lead you because I want to hear it from your but like give us the story give us the the relationship with your your colleague Jenna Rose yeah. um your Detroit story what you guys created and did on your own like just go forum yeah. is yours I think well Jenna, who works here now, is the in-arena host and does ringside reporting, too, on NBC Sports Chicago. She was with us that entire road trip. Um, so we went to college together at Lawrence Tech University in Southfield, Michigan. So about 20 minutes outside of Detroit. And we did all sorts of different work together in college. And then uh, out, when we were just out of college, decided to kind of create our own show. Our, we wanted to create our own thing and do our own work together and try to see what we could do with that. So we made a show called the Motor City Roundup. We would uh, film the show. We'd edit the show. We'd post the show, created our own social media channels. Um, the pages are actually still out there. And we would create our own graphics for the show. We'd lug around like 40 pounds of equipment to arenas. So we would get credentials to Red Wings games. And uh, we would get to morning skate. We'd probably get there 9, 10 a.m. Game doesn't start until 7, 7.30. And we would start filming our own show around 10.30-ish, set up the cameras, post it after editing it on our own. And then uh, during the game, I'd go up in the gondola and call the game for practice. And that was how I would get reps, just doing that over and over again. So I would call these games, uh, like doing maybe a little over hundreds of games, but no one heard them except for Jenna. So she was my only listener up there. And uh, and then that's how I would get my reps. And so that's why that. she gets snippy with you yeah, as much a as she little does. Bit. Yeah, exactly. Jason, we've so, been over this. Right, yeah. She's, she's, oh, she does. Yeah, yeah no, she oh, will. It's, she's, it's like your big, she's like your big sister. Yeah, she really is. It's uh, it's a wonderful friendship, and we've really been able to grow together in the, in the industry and to land here in Chicago at the same time has been such an incredible story. It was so crazy. We worked our first NBC Sports Chicago game last week together in Edmonton and obviously did that one with you, Colby, and that was such a cool experience for us, something that we'll never forget. And um, to see the journey and all the work that's gone into it and our results in that was probably definitely one of the coolest moments in my life, certainly unforgettable. You mentioned some of the broadcasters you would try to meet, and mm-hmm. I know you've talked about listening to different ones, but two of the ones that you listened to a lot during your time in Detroit and and got to got to interact with John Wideman and Pat Foley. I mean, what is that kind of surreal moment being here and uh, filling in that that booth and that seat for two legends like that? Yeah, like you mentioned, even though I, I grew up in Detroit, I always loved listening to WGN, Blackhawks games, or watch on TV with Pat Foley and. I met John Wideman a few years ago in Detroit and Troy Murray, and they were just the kindest people, as you know, that you will ever meet. And uh, they were they were answering all my questions. Of course, as Colby knows, I had a lot of questions. So <laughs> I remember following John all the way to the team bus one day, just asking questions all the way there, um, kind of dreaming of being on that team bus one day. And, and then, uh, yeah, just watching and learning from him and Pat and Edzo, Another great guy to chat with about broadcasting and life and learning from people here has been amazing. So it really is surreal because I listened to a lot of Blackhawks games on the radio before I came here. And um, just now having the opportunity to be on the radio uh, Friday night, I'll be doing New Jersey on on the radio. So, um, yeah, it's it's been nothing short of surreal. I've loved every minute of it. You also do a little bit outside of hockey. I know you dabble with uh, the ben- Big Ten Network. You do some work there. So it's not like you're just getting a hockey game here and there. I mean, you're you're jumping from sport to sport and doing different broadcasts yeah. here. Really just you, – you have the hustle. I think we've kind of talked about that a little bit without you know directly saying it right out. I mean, 
you do the work. You put in the legwork. You do everything you can from calling games in the gondola in Detroit for just Jenna Rose to hear. I mean, you're what also is that? 23 years old. For people who don't know this, we are sitting here talking to a 23 year old who is calling major professional sports. So, uh, amongst everything else, that is uh, uh, incredible. Yeah. I mean, I always joke with you and say one day we're all going to be working for you and so don't forget us when we all need a job when you're calling you know football games on sundays for Uh, fox with uh troy aikman one day so um, you you know i just for anybody who didn't know that like we're not talking to a 35 40 year old you know man here we're talking to a 23 year old uh, man that, you know, can sometimes <laughs> yeah. err on the young side, sometimes err on the old side, depends uh, on what the situation is. Uh, well, and it's not like we're saying age is like, oh, you're 23 years old. Like you've, you know, you've put in the work of people who are 30, 35 years old in just a couple of years here, just with everything you've done. He's I mean, not a morning person. But he's not a morning that. person. <laughs> and he's not always on time either. We've I, learned well, that. We're working I on it. We're working at on 1030 it. We're TBD. TBD. I, I was in the. Uh, we'll paint the picture. I we're was, we're a hung jury <laughs> right now. Yeah. With, with if you were on time or not. That's well, yeah. Like you, Will had a good quote for us though earlier. And uh, who's Will? Will? Have, You're gonna have to. Well, Chuckerman, who's, okay. who's over here, our wonderful staff, along with Kaylee Canoval, okay, our excellent crew over here. We got the the A crew in, in today at okay. practice. Yes. Noticeably so, absent, John Steinmiller. Well, yeah, Steiny's great too. I'm just. Kidding. He's probably over at the UC. <laughs> Yeah, we're mentioning well, names that yeah, the fans yeah. don't really know behind the scenes, but a lot of our PR staff uh-huh. that get the work but done oh, yeah. behind the scenes. But another continue. part of our team that people, as you mentioned, don't see behind the scenes, but keep the machine rolling. And it was such a great team with the Hawks, and it's really cool to meet people and see all the work that goes into making it what it is. And like you mentioned, just being here at practice, people don't see what goes into that. So, well, what yeah. was the quote though? You still haven't given us the well, quote. I kind of want Will to say no, it no, for you. No. Guys, you're going to have to it's give us so the quote. It's so perfect though, the way that he worded it. You're going to have to give us the quote. shaking his head over here, but I, I feel like I need Will to, Will, no, no. He doesn't want to come on Will, the show. A shy so guy. You give us the quote. I, well, I need the exact wording to be perfect though. And I feel like he worded it so well. Yeah. Will, uh, well, Will, if you're, Will, shout if, it out. If you're 15 minutes early, yeah. you're on time. If you're on time, you're late, and that's how it goes. That's you got to be yeah. early to be on time around this here. This is true. This is true. Being on time, there's some discrepancy. Can mean that you're late. There's some discrepancy though, because Jason did call me. I did call about 10 15 minutes, minutes before, before yeah. we were supposed to meet. We we're supposed to meet at 10:30. He called me. He was on the other side of the rink watching the game, or you know, getting ready for practice, where the rest of the media sit. We're on the other side of the arena. I said, hey, just walk over here. I'll meet you. I met him outside at 10.30, to his credit. Walk back up here. Colby, you saw him at 10.32, and that's where this discrepancy <laughs> yeah, is coming this is in. Where Colby does have factual But Jason was actually in the building before you were, Colby. So uh, I don't know about if, if we want to get into that a right little bit. I was in the right room 10 to 15 minutes <laughs> early, and that's what I'm All going right. by. We'll leave well, it at that. Colby okay. did have a good lesson, too. He said, you know, it, it depends on where you are. If you don't know where you're going, that's when you should... Extra, Maybe, yeah, Pat extra, it. extra early. Pat it, yes. Life lessons from Colby Cohen. <laughs> I want to get into the the Alex DeBrinket thing real quick mm-hmm. before we go because oh, yeah, yeah. you played floor hockey with Alex DeBrinket before he was the Alex DeBrinket that yeah. we know. <laughs> uh, first time NHL All Star this season, but uh, I don't know if he gives you enough credit for really being that early training partner in middle school. Uh, no, but you, you had a great, you, you went, you grew up with Alex Dabrinkit, which is really cool. It, it just adds to the more full circle opportunity here in Chicago. So what was it like playing floor hockey with uh, a young superstar like that? Oh yeah. Perfect way to describe it there. Full circle. It's, 
so cool to see. I think I've gotten to call four of his goals so far um, during my games. And going back to our Farmington Hills, Michigan days, which is about 20 20 minutes outside of Detroit. We both grew up there. It's an awesome place if you ever want to visit it, Farmington Hills, Michigan. And that is where the budding Alex DeBrinkett became the all-star that you now see. And um, I remember being in gym class with him in middle school. And yeah, we, we played floor hockey and looks like everyone was in slow motion when he had the puck and it still kind of looks like that out there on the ice today. Reason why he's a budding superstar is a superstar in this league and uh, has such a bright future ahead too. Such a great guy off the ice as well. Um, he's always been like that super awesome personality going back to middle school and obviously now as well. Um, so awesome as a person, and as a hockey player. So yeah, it's really cool to see the journeys come full circle. I can't even, you can't even write it. I mean, just being in together in Farmington Hills and now being here together with the Blackhawks is so cool. So what was your first interaction with him? Like coming to Chicago and and working for the Blackhawks? Did you like pass each other in the hallway? Did he go, Hey, what? I recognize you. What was that like? Yeah, we didn't really get to catch up until the Vegas game. Uh, when we saw each other, in um in the media or in the meal room i should say and uh got to catch up uh at dinner a little bit and that was super cool and um he had heard actually about the me being the first black tv play-by-play broadcaster that night and that was one of the first things he said to me and congratulated me on and then i congratulated him on the baby and uh what's to come with his awesome family there and um so that was a really cool catch up and just kind of seeing how it all came full circle and having a win night that night too was so cool so yeah it's been great seeing each other a few times uh, around the rink since then so yeah it's been awesome to see that come full circle well, we'll let you get going and go watch Alex and the rest of the team out at practice here uh, Wednesday. You've got a busy game prep week for yourself, uh, calling the game on Friday on the radio uh, during the the team's Black History Month uh, celebration uh, here at the end of the month. There's a great video bef- I have to plug before we uh, before we wrap here on Blackhawks.com, Blackhawks TV. They really went behind your journey. Some of the stuff we've been talking about here, but... Um, a lot of what it means for you to not only be the first black play-by-play broadcaster for the team, but also inspiring that next generation. And, and <clears throat> I, I like to draw a comparison. We hear it from uh, the great Kendall Coyne Schofield all the time of, if you see it, you can be it. She talks about that and her growing up with Kamir Granado. Now she's captaining Team USA. I know that's something that's important for you too and inspiring a lot of young people, uh, people of color in the sport of hockey there's a lot of work that needs to be done on that front. So I know that's important to you and uh, how, how special that is that you can be now that uh, that inspiration for a lot of young people getting to watch you at home and do great work at home too because uh, you're quite the play-by-play guy. Uh, thank you, Carter. That means so much to me. It means a lot that you guys have me on the podcast today and I really appreciate that. appreciate all the opportunities that the Blackhawks has given me. So many people to thank within the organization and um, – to be on the, in a position where maybe I could inspire others to chase their dreams one day and um, maybe see a few more black play-by-play broadcasters in the NHL is, is really cool. And um, yeah, just uh, it's been been a blessing and being able to chat with younger broadcasters since then is really cool because um, it kind of feels odd because younger I, than you. I, yeah. Well, yeah. Now you're now <laughs> yeah. you're like an old pro. Now, now they're going to be yeah. coming for you. Oh, man. Well, it feels weird to be on the opposite side of that equation because as Colby knows, I like to ask a lot of questions. So now having the questions asked, you'll me, 
times. I think you'll appreciate it a little bit. And in a few years, you'll go, oh, I get why Colby had me on a question limit (laughs) when we were in the booth. You'll you'll understand why there was a limit. And you're going to come to me one day and you're going to say, okay, I I see what you did there. Yeah, no, definitely. Oh, man. But no, I, I can't thank you guys enough for having me on. Love the podcast. Love all the work that both of you are doing. So yeah, thanks again. It was, it was great. This was a ton of fun. Awesome. We'll have you on soon uh, once again, but uh, we'll we'll wrap for today for, for Jason, uh, for Colby. That'll do it for this week's episode. Uh, we'll catch you next time on Blackhawks Insider presented by Chevy Drive Chicago. Drive what Kane and Tapes drive. 